Hello, and welcome back to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of November 16th, 2016. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So, uh, we, we have all survived the events which shall remain unnamed, uh, because they, they are a completely different topic entirely. I don't think any of our listeners are, uh, have have any illusions about most of our political standings, but this is not a political podcast, this is a Transformers podcast. Yeah, yeah let's hopefully help you ignore that for the next 45 minutes or so. Yes. Uh, but, yes, that is part of why we have been having delays and such lately, but we are back, uh, we are going to talk some news, and then people are going to tell me about the new Robots in Disguise episodes that I haven't gotten around <laughs> to watching yet. Yay! Uh, first, we have some new toys. They're very exciting, uh, very exciting new toys. I like that we're getting another Twinferno. Also, Lull's Twinferno. <laughs> I'm glad that they're going all in on Twinferno. Yeah, yeah, there's that. I mean, it's, it's just that he's such a, I mean, I like him. I like the monster bots just in general, they're they're fun toys, and I like them on principle because I like, you know, monstrous good guys. <laughs> uh, but it otherwise, it just seems like a really random character for them to, you know, make two toys of <laughs> in the same year. I'm a sucker for, frankly, any beast-related toy that has more than one head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And also, I have to say, looking at their uh, alt mode, that is totally... What if Samus Aran's ship had two dragon heads mounted on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Oh, it's even... Wait, was hers? No, hers was more of an orange. But yeah. I, I have certainly thought that many times. No, I have never thought that. <laughs> But yes, we've got a bunch of new Robots in Disguise stuff, and apparently Robots in Disguise is going into that whole, hey, remember G1 thing that, you know, the rest of the Transformers toy line has been going in. Yeah. So yes, we have Blur, who looks, I mean, he's very Blur-colored. Yeah. Oh god, I just thought, that's gonna be redecoed as Drift eventually, isn't it? Uh, maybe. maybe. Probably. Like, because there's a drift already in Robots in Disguise, though. Good I mean, point. it's easy to forget. What was I thinking? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you were thinking the other drift. Oh, right. Yeah. The, the other way around. Yeah, well, he, yeah, this blur kind of looks more like almost a Mach 5 in shape, or, oh, uh, Boss? Was that the, the G1 guy? <gasps> yes. Kind of that shape? Yes. But his... The, his the, Late, late UK G1, G2 guy. His, his color layout and his robot mode are a lot like the blur that's in Rescue Bots. Like, a yeah. lot. The head, I think, yeah, from that, what I've seen. not a standard blur head. It, it's the Rescue Bots blur. Yeah, maybe he graduated. <laughs> well, it is the same maybe. continuity. The vehicle mode's very Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah, it is very Ferrari looking. I, I can see or that. Maserati, something. I'm specifically thinking of, looks like the uh, 2003 era Ferrari Enzo, named after the son of the founder of Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's very much inspired by that, from what I can tell looking at it. 
the front end in particular is very distinctive. Fruit. Ah. That. I I am not as into like random car models as I used to be, so I will absolutely take the uh, take the word of our industrial design professional for that. Yeah, I haven't been watching Top Gear in a while. I'm, I'm not a car identifying. But there's oh, other the things. Grand Tour starts soon. So. Oh yeah, there's there's yes, a we can... there's a bludgeon. Look. Yes, there is. There's a there's a there's a star scream. So naturally, there's a sky warp. Uh, there yeah. is a sound wave who's got a very prime sound wave head, but a very G one y sort of sound wave rest of him. Well, it's the um fall of Cybertron and War for Cybertron sound wave body, which is technically again the same timeline, sort of. So, so it's like it's like prime yeah, it's sound wave wearing his old body with his new head. Yeah, or the old sound wave with the, you know, putting that head on. I don't know. Yeah. It's a head. There, I, I really like Bludgeon's uh, tank mode, because it's just these two treads connected by this ridiculous orange thing yeah, with purple eyes. He's, well, bits of him, although I guess it's mainly just his legs, are um Megatronus. The best part of it is if you look at the pictures, that, yeah. uh, that chunk there is not the same piece as his chest in robot mode. <laughs> no, it's what? Yeah, his ch- <laughs> what looks like his chest in his tank mode actually ends up as his ass, I think. <laughs> so there's no reason it needed to be bright orange with purple eyes. Yeah. It just It, it just looks is. cool. It, although it kind of looks like a really angry chicken. <laughs> cool and really angry chicken are not Compatible. Those are two mutually exclusive concepts. Normally, yeah. I do have, I guess, one downside I've noticed now to Hasbro using 3D rendering to do their press photography and not actual photography. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The uh, Skywarp and Starscream are in exactly the same pose and camera angle. Oh, they didn't even change that? In the press photos. Normally they do. <laughs> huh. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, also, there is a little Legion-class Cyclonus who is preciously blocky. Yeah, he looks weird. I I would hope if we are getting Cyclonus in the show, we get a bigger one, because I do not like the look of the tiny one, because it's just massive shoulder pads and he has no neck. I just there's, there's just something about his face that I like. I don't know. Maybe it's you take away his nose and he just... <laughs> yeah, it kind of works. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love that the, like, oh, I forget, I think it may have been, like, there is some some picture I saw on Tumblr at some point a year or two ago uh, that, I forget whether it was done by an actual, like, one of the, the Transformers comic artists, but it was, like, IDW universe-style knockout, and it just was knockout with a nose. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the and and that's honestly you know how he is in in the comic now. It's just you know you give him a nose and that's the only difference. It is cute that there's that one little that one little thing. <laughs> okay, in other toy news, uh, you can now be the proud orderer of a Lyokaiser without uh, using the phone. <laughs> Yay, yeah, without using the phone. Uh, it is, again, an Entertainment Earth exclusive. Uh, we are, for the most part, friends. <laughs> I don't know why I say for the most part. I think because I don't know that I'm speaking for everyone. We are friends with Adam Paulus from Entertainment Earth. And 
strongly support people buying from the the people he works for. Yes, and there's a coupon, or I don't. I guess it might. I don't know if it's still available. Singles, I think it is. Yeah, singles to get free shipping or something, and some money oh. off. Hopefully, that shipping is good. Money active. off. Yeah. I, I ordered it the first day it was available. I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> is it shipping soon? It's um. Did it say when it's gonna be shipping? No, I don't know. I haven't checked my order status. Let me do that right now. Shipped confirmation! Yay! I would ship the same day I ordered it. Supposedly. Okay. How long ago was that? Uh, the 11th. Okay, good. So yeah, that is confirmation that it is shipping then. Yay! Uh, other, other things that are shipping. Uh, the, uh, the big Transformers the movie box set, uh, Target now has it available on their website for a mere $150. Yeah. Uh, I personally choose to believe that the fact that the Minimus Ambus that comes with Ultra Magnus is still just Minimus Ambus, <laughs> uh, I choose to believe that now Minimus Ambus is low-key part of G1 cartoon continuity. He was always there. Haven't I'm you okay seen the that. screen grabs? He's there. <laughs> <laughs> He was there all along. Uh, so yeah, that gets you a an Ultra Magnus, a Springer, an RC, a Cup, and a Blur that are all based on their most recent generations uh, versions of their toys. I think Cup is probably the oldest of those. Um, or maybe Blur. And it, uh, maybe yeah, yeah. I think it is Blur because it's not the new Blur that's a Headmaster. That's the old Blur that was Drift. That is a good yeah. point. They've just got shinier paint. Which is a... I guess Cup is the most similar to his original toy, I think. Yeah. It is a very nice toy, though. That that Drift slash Blur toy was very good. Uh, Yeah, they've got a lot of... I don't know if it's metallic plastic or or just a paint, but... Metallic paint, yeah. Uh, Most noticeably Springer. Springer's chest is gold. I was going to mention that uh, there doesn't seem to be any on Cup, but that seems to be entirely appropriate for Cup. Because yeah. He's, he's Cup. If anyone is going to be the one in that group who is not shiny, it, it should be Cup. Uh, but yeah, they're all more or less like the previous releases of them, just with enough differences that you can tell it's a new toy if you like yeah. find one loose at a table at a convention somewhere. It's a Great looking box set. I would be all over it if I didn't already own a hundred bucks out of the hundred and fifty bucks of toys. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I think the only one of those I don't have is Blur, and that's because at some point I decided to sell him. Uh, so, <laughs> oops. We also have uh, in in further Beast Wars news to go with your masterpiece Optimus Primal. There will now be a Optimus Primal statue. Mm. You know, from some like, studio that like you I do. Heard of? I. It's not. I don't think it's the studio that's been making the the movie toys, like the giant. Mm-hmm. What's his things? I think, mm-hmm. but I haven't really been paying attention to them anyway. Well, he is a staggering twenty five inches, which means he is just over two feet tall. He includes oh. several heads. He has light up eyes, and he's a mere thousand dollars. Yeah, who is this for? There's only going to be 500 of them. Yeah, that's... I didn't notice the price before. I'll tell you... I'll, 
I'll tell you who this is for. This is for Gary Chalk. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, Gary Gary Chalk <laughs> should get number one. Uh, other yes, than that, it's yeah. for like Gary Chalk and the rest of the the staff of Mainframe circa 1996. Yeah. And Scott McNeil. I mean, he is standing on Waspinator. That's not good. Oh, there was, oh, there's was there. That makes it more tempting, but no, I'm definitely not going to buy that since I still have yet to buy the Masterpiece Primal Transforming toy. And that's yeah. a more reasonable price. I'm really weirded out by the fur treatment on it. Yeah, it's yeah that's a, a little furry. Because, <laughs> like, gorillas it's don't definitely... have that long of hair, really. No. So maybe on the back. And the also, not having that long a hair, the animation model or the original <laughs> toy. Well, no. <laughs> so, the yeah. original toy is probably closest. Mm-hmm. Between the animation model, masterpiece release, actual ape, and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like... Yeah. I am noticing that the... So it's from Prime One Studio. Uh, it does have... A uh, a Japanese Beast Wars logo thing on the packaging pictures that are being shown off, or at least the promotional pictures that are being shown off. So that's interesting. Uh, but but yes, I think the market for that is mostly Gary Chalk. Uh, so unfortunately, Black Friday is coming up. Yeah. Yay. Sort of. Yay. Kinda. Now, I haven't really heard of any stores. I mean, in the past, there have been stores that have gotten Transformers exclusives yeah, quite for Black a few Friday. Or, or at least repackaging yeah. the toys like it, they'd stick two together in a box, just so it would be slightly new. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did a lot, a lot of that Cy- Cybertron was around and a bit after that. Now, yeah, I haven't heard advertisements of. The only Black Friday I know of is, like, the Transformers Collectors Club stores supposed to have a sale of whatever they still have left. Which is a dwindling yes, quantity. They... <laughs> Keep trying. Well, I gotta get rid of it. It'll happen yeah. eventually. Yeah. They, they've gotta sell it while they are still allowed to sell it. Uh, before they have to just buy out their own stock and sell it as individuals. Uh, but yes, they are having doorbuster pricing with limited, limited quantities. Uh, I, I have to say though, uh, you know, in, uh, like I said, no one here is, I don't think anyone has any delusions about our politics. Anything that keeps you from making those poor, poor retail employees work on Thanksgiving is, uh, is fine by me. So, this is an online sale. I, well, yeah, I, I preferably online. But I need a PS4! <laughs> well, okay, fine. Are, are they gonna be on sale anywhere? Um, like BJ's, Walmart, a few, uh, very limited places that i found so far. So, uh, ah. I have to pick a place. Like again. have them on a, on a discount. Yeah, 50 bucks or something. It's not a lot, but it's, it's a little bit of savings. That's, that's something. Uh, we have some art for the upcoming Optimus Prime number one. Yeah, uh, which that comes is out going to be... um, very soon. Probably next week. Yeah, uh, it says at the end of the month, so oh, next week probably, I'd say probably the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. But, I don't know, we know those, as we have learned, those things can, you know, change in a moment's notice. Yeah. Uh, this is the, uh, the, the follow-up to the Adjectiveless Transformer series, uh, much like Lost Light is the follow-up to More Than Meets the Eye. Uh, it is the first issue at least. I think at, at least some I know like Lost Light is 
switching up art teams from arc to arc. Uh, this one, I don't n- presume uh, Andrew Griffith is going to be back at some point, but for now we have Kay Zama, hmm. uh, who is, uh, her art is just, as someone is, who is a huge, like, G2 nerd, <laughs> yes. uh, her art does definitely have that sort of, I hesitate to say Derek Yanniger aesthetic, because if you've actually paid any attention to Derek Yanniger as an artist outside of his Transformers work, he does a completely different art style for yeah, his well, own stuff. Well, he's changed art styles a few times. Now, now, it, it was like G1, and then he became the G2 style, and now he's like tiki art. Yeah, I, I actually got a little coffee table book at Barnes & Noble of his tiki art. It's pretty yeah. cute. Uh, yeah, it's very, very different, but her style is, is very much that sort of, uh, sort of blocky, sort of, I don't want to say grainy, but I also don't want to say gritty because that has certain connotations, but maybe they're fair connotations here. Scratchy. Grainy, I guess, is a good, well, I guess grainy might describe the colors more because it's sort of G2-ish in coloring. But yeah, it's scratchy, it's a little rougher. Yeah, it is, uh, Josh Burcham. On art again, oh. or on colors again. Oh, he's been getting real good uh, lately. Is it... <laughs> yes, uh, the guy who did the early More Than Meets the Eye stuff that had the very distinct uh, sort of, I don't want to say, I don't know, pastel-y, desaturated, I think that's the proper art term. You art people and your art words. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, this has a very... I think that his coloring definitely suits her art style because it's it's a very stylized look in a very specific way and he brings a lot he's got it's got a lot of bright colors, you know. This isn't just a a duplicate of the work that he was doing on More Than Meets the Eye. It's not as desaturated, it's a lot yeah. bolder, it's a lot more like almost like the, the noise maze stuff in Sense yeah. of the Records. Yeah, because, like, except for Optimus so, Prime, I think everything else is colored in, like, off shades, like, not primary colors. But Optimus yeah. is still bright red and blue. Secondary colors. Second, yeah, <laughs> you know, not tertiary colors? Uh, I don't know if they're actually taken are tertiary colors. <laughs> I'm just yeah, there are. Up. Oh, hey, there you go. It's been a while since I, I stuttered color that at all. <laughs> And it and even Optimus doesn't seem as maybe it is just because of what he's contrasting with, but he doesn't seem as bright Optimus Prime PMS 032C red as you'd normally expect. Yeah, well, I guess it's because there's also a lot more magentas around him than some of his shading is. Yeah, like the the lobster is more magenta than red. Why yeah, is so a let's mention that there's a lobster. <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, speaking of Sins of the Wreckers, uh, it looks like some of our uh, Beast Formers have uh, joined up with some various Autobots. Uh, also, uh, one of the bullet trains, presumably from uh, the the old car robots, robots in disguise, uh, a, a uh, sports car of some description. I think I think he's been identified by other people who are better at right. identifying things than and, I am. And there's, uh, oh, what's it? The the tape cassette is it Roxana, Rosanna or something. The little pink female mm-hmm. tape cassette is punching <sighs> out somebody in a panel. Ah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah, that that makes me very happy. 
it it definitely it looks like just from the handful of pages it definitely looks like uh barber is taking this in that very sort of deep political uh more than meets the eye sort of direction which is great uh i have heard i haven't actually read it yet if if i'm going to i've heard that the new the revolution gi joe stuff is actually really good in that same sort of huh. in that same sort of way uh so yeah i am all for idw taking this licensed stuff and making it you know some effing art cuz <laughs> cuz i i love that this is you know at 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 risk of using too much of my material for for my someday future book optimus prime died for our sins <laughs> <laughs> how hasbro inadvertently created a generations mythology uh i i think that you know this stuff really is kind of our our generations mythology and it's really cool to see it you know taken taken this far taken this seriously and you know it's it's our superheroes for a lot of people uh you know people grew up with superheroes in the 60s and 70s and the 80s we grew up with transformers and gi joe uh so so yeah i am all for art <laughs> except i don't mean art i mean literature <laughs> uh so yeah i am really looking forward to that and that is about all the news we've got for this week. Uh, and by this week, I mean like the last couple weeks because it's been a slow news yeah. couple weeks in the Transformers world. And honestly, yes. I've been trying to keep my Twitter usage to a minimum. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. Probably the safer choice. So, uh, so guys, tell me about these new Robots in Disguise episodes. Okay, you know how Bisk is the best? I'm I'm familiar with that, yeah. Thermidor is the best. <laughs> Ooh, who is this Thermidor? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the wiki page so that I uh actually can can see references for all this. Thermidor is a redeco of Bisque, who is voiced by Jim Cummings doing his best pirate LeChuck voice. Ah. <laughs> yes. And and where is Bisque? That, uh, is the color Bisque is the color lobsters turn after you cook them. Thermidor is the color of lobsters before mm-hmm. you cook them. He's blue. <laughs> so which episode is this first? Uh, Pretzel Logic? Pretzel Logic, yeah. yes. Okay. I, I like a good uh, chocolate-dipped pretzel. It's it's kind of... It, it was written by Will Friedel, who's... He's the voice of Bumblebee, right? <gasps> yeah. Uh, he was also the, the voice way back in the day of Terry McGinnis for yes. Batman Beyond. Yeah, so he wrote this episode, and it's... It's well written, but it's odd because it's the, Grimlock ends up at at a monastery with a monk who teaches him how to make pretzels to be patient. That, that's the plot of the episode. <laughs> that's kind of adorable. Yes. I mean, it would be funny if the episode was just all about how great Bumblebee was, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he does give himself some good lines, but it, it's mostly about Grimlock, a monk. And and your brain is like, wait, does does this mean Grimlock might convert to Christianity? What's going on here? So is it's like a uh, a Christian monk then, or a you know, well your your traditional old friar with with the hair and, and the robe and the stuff. Okay, because see, I'm I don't know for for whatever reason, uh, but 
for some reason, when I think monk, I immediately go to no hair and <laughs> different robes, uh, as in, you know, Buddhist. So, oh, no, no, no. no. So, okay. Yeah, this is definitely brown robes tonsure. Okay, yeah. okay. So, this is, this is the, the with hair except on top kind of. Well, presumably yeah. not anymore. That, that was kind of a medieval thing. Uh, so yeah, that is, that's interesting. Wow. He has, was that misreading or was it kind of a Germanish accent? Uh, yeah, it, I guess it's, it's German or Austrian somewhere around there. Just Germanic in some way. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to admit I love obvious Jim Cummings whenever, <laughs> whenever he happens. Yes. I'm a big fan. There, there are a couple characters in the new World of Warcraft stuff who are obvious Jim Cummings and it's just, it, it does my heart good. <laughs> just have obvious Jim Cummings. Uh, and and I'm very glad. Is this the first Transformer series that he's done stuff on? I mean, I guess I'm on TF Wiki. I can look that up. Uh, oh, I guess he was. Oh, he was Afterburner. I should know that because I I didn't know that. But Technobots. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a he was he was a couple characters in late late. Wow, I wonder if. Now I'm curious. Okay, so in G1, he was Afterburner, Ripper Snapper. It's got him listed as Shark Decon, parenthetically, money is everything. And I'm wondering if Afterburner and Ripper Snapper had voices, like if they ever had speaking lines outside of that episode. Maybe Jim Cummings was just in Money is Everything, which is another reason, we've mentioned this before, that Money is Everything is is a really good episode. <laughs> Uh, that's the one by by uh, written by Jerry Conway. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. Now I'm like really curious about that. Like whether he's he's listed as having. Uh, now it it no that's a different. Yeah, it just has him listed as as Jim Cummings. So presumably he was he was also in the one other episode New where Brain. yeah I was going to say <laughs> the one other episode where where Afterburner has a, has a line. Which would be Grimlock's new brain. Uh, and, and I think that's actually also the case with Ripper Snapper because, you know, they are, they, they have that whole, like, Superion Menasaur little Autobot and Decepticon version rival thing going. Uh, so, so yeah, he was in, like, two episodes of G1 and since then he's been in Rescue Bots and Robots in Disguise. He's cool. I like him so much. He's in so much Skyrim too. <laughs> so much Skyrim. Uh, so, so much everything. Yeah, he's in he's in a lot of a lot of everything. Also, I would like to point out that one of the characters he's in in uh in in World of Warcraft is like has this really super sad tragic pseudo death that is just he he sells it, man. He sells it. <sighs> R.I.P. Runus the Shamed. Uh, so, yes. I love Jim Cummings. <laughs> Alright, okay, so, so tell me about things that are not Jim Cummings. Oh, um, <laughs> Next episode, uh, what is it called? Uh, Mighty Big Trouble, Clamped it, cl- Claw Trap, uh, the Crab Guy, Thermidor, Paralon, his goons, and, uh, Scatterspike. Mm-hmm. They get on a, 
ship in the ocean with their minicons, go down, they find the, what is it called, the Dark Star Saber, Megatron's old sword, in the bottom of the ocean. They come back up, their minicons run away, Starscream shows up, takes the sword, and beats the crap out of them. (laughs) And then, oh, oh, and Starscream has, like, three bounty hunter henchmen, who are, like, they're remodeled, recolored, uh, one's like a Viacon miner... One's an Insecticon, the other one I think is, um... Oh, who's the thespian guy? What was his name? I don't remember his name offhand, but I know who the, you're talking about. The, the big bulky guy. I, I don't know if... I don't remember if those three guys <laughs> even have names in the show, the bounty hunters, but... Starscream's here! He, he's he's the one that's been after the hey. Minicons. And they're afraid. And it's a surprise! Afraid. Surprise! Aww... Also, this is, uh, the, I think this is the, uh, robots in disguise. Uh, actually, is, uh, I was gonna say, who voices, is he, is he still, uh, is he still Steve Bloom? Uh, um, I'm pretty damn sure, but I didn't actually check. Let me look. I think it's still Steve. Because the other thing that I saw was that one of the air, or, uh, Arrow Bolt, one of the mini cons, is Steve Bloom. Yeah, uh, somewhere, trying to check series is, is difficult, because it goes right to Prime Starscream, so. Yeah, I don't see anything saying otherwise under, under his name there. Yeah, Prime Cartoon, it lists voice actor, and then it doesn't list voice actor under Robots in Disguise Cartoon, so, so I yeah, would it, it's gotta still be Steve presume Blue, that that means... In that, my head, it still sounds the yes. same. So un- unless my memory has gone to shit in the last two days, it's still Steve Bloom. Mm-hmm. Yay, Steve Bloom. Also a great... We're just, this is just going to be the, the geeking out about voice actors <laughs> episode. Uh, which I would like to point out is now... I. Has has that strike been resolved? Oh, the video game voice? Not I to my knowledge. So no, haven't heard anything about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's something I, I was just mentioning that, like, you know, a an instance of of Jim Cummings being like really great in a video game, and and that's you know a big thing that I I believe Steve Bloom has been a part of too. Uh, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter you know, in the before times about, <laughs> about, uh, you know, there, there being a strike over that because basically, uh, the video game industry has been horrible to voice actors. They won't tell them what they're working on so that they can't negotiate for higher rates. Uh, you know, they, they don't know if they're working on, I don't know, Podunk Madness or World of Warcraft Legion. Uh, so they can't ask for more money if it happens to be the latter. Uh, and they're just not, and they're not given enough time for all the screaming they have to do. And yeah, it's not cool. They're, they're on strike. I support them 100% yeah. because they should be treated better. They're awesome. As of hours earlier than this recording, yeah, they're still apparently on strike. They will be okay. picketing Insomniac Games on Thursday, November 17th. Nice. I mean, as as someone who has been like, you know, running a dungeon in in World of Warcraft for the first time with with friends on uh, on voice chat and gotten to a boss and been like, oh, it's Cam Clark. 
you know, it's voice acting is very important. Uh, so, so yes, it's, they, they deserve everything they want, in my opinion. Uh, but. I will I, second that notion. Yeah. Yeah. But I've also heard that the video game industry is also not kind to its programmers or really anybody else. I'm I'm no. I'm going to just assume that a lot of them are like Randian libertarians. <laughs> Maybe the people in charge. Yeah. Except probably not the people who who do Bioshock because they're clearly criticizing that sort of way of thinking. So yes. uh, there's there's that. Uh but but yes, I think a lot of them are just totally psyched to be working on video games, and then in four or five years, going through two development gigs, they'll just burn out and go move back to the Midwest and get a job working for a medical database company uh, that, that pays like sad. four times as much and requires half the amount of overtime. Yeah, man, this makes me sad. Alright, tell me more about the episode and, and less about making me sad about how employers treat their employees. That's kind of it. Starscream and his bounty hunters go to the Autobots junkyard to get the, the minicons they lost. They end up getting the Autobots minicons instead, the, the twins, and fix it. And Starscream's pissed about that. You got the wrong mm-hmm. minicons. And that's... Precious babies. That's oh, no. about where the episode ends. Oh, Optimus Prime returns at the end of the episode. Too. It's a setup for the next episode. Oh, yay, so it's cliffhangers. Uh, yeah. Yay, it's a cliffhanger. Is it actually? I mean, I I guess from the title, I can tell it's not pres- it's not officially a part one. No, but it, it's basically uh, so part kinda, one of kinda neat. three. I think. I guess. Oh, okay. So it's not that they have embraced serial storytelling. It's no, just that it's this is just a it, multi-episode arc. Yeah, it's an unofficial part one of a three-part story. Thing. Okay. So we, so we are Fox not into... So kids can later air it as The Return of Starscream Part 1. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I was, or I Minicon was to... War. Yes, Minicon <laughs> Wars. They, they have not uh, embraced Beast Machine-style storytelling yet. Yet. I mean, presumably they're they're not going to. That seems like part of the the whole mandate with robots in disguise being that little bit, you know, younger geared is probably more episodic storytelling. Uh, Because that can be hard for kids to keep up with, you know, actual children. Well, it's more hard Uh, to keep up with. So yeah, anything. Yeah, that too. Yeah, which which is sort of interesting because we're we're sort of leaning towards uh TV shows being uh you know being consumed in in blocks and and runs, you know, yes. the the whole binge Netflix and chill way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've made the joke about the last time I tried to Netflix and chill. It I, it I ended in tears a... because yeah. we because we watched Madoka Magica. Oh, what? <laughs> industry-wide change that's made sense for quite a while with the proliferation of A cable and then B streaming services and DVDs and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. What used to be a gimmick that you could use for budget daytime programming that's just having heavy continuity but you couldn't use for primetime television because if you missed one episode you'd be just completely confused. Mm-hmm. Now continuity is just 
a selling point for getting you deeper into the show. And if you miss an episode, well, you can just go buy it on iTunes for one ninety nine. Yeah. If you forgot to DVR it. Yes. Or go buy the entire first season for twenty bucks. <laughs> but I would say with something that is for you know the I guess I don't know age group uh, seven to ten crowd or whatever, it's probably better to keep it episodic. Well. Yes and no. Uh, you want them to be able to jump on at any point? Yeah. But honestly, who better to jump into something that is just this whole world of continuity <laughs> to absorb into their head and make the most important thing in their life <laughs> yeah. than a seven-year-old home for summer? Yeah, yeah, there's... Yeah, I mean, There's we, something to be said for... I have definitely heard stories... Mainlining a child on yes. 13 episodes of a series does sound kind of like a good idea. And something I really would have done as a kid in the summer. Yeah, give it to me. Give it I all mean, me. honestly, that's uh, something, you know, to, to get into the, the marketing side of things. That's something that I've heard uh, my, my mother complaining about regarding her grandsons is that Amazon Prime, uh, their streaming service, will have, like, partial seasons uh, and apparently that is really, really frustrating if you have children, because, you know, suddenly little John or, or Will, because my sister names her kids boring things, uh, really want to watch the next episode, and they can't because it's, you know, you have to buy the rest of the episodes. And that's kind of a, a crappy thing to do to yeah, parents. Yeah, it's, it's crummy to do to anyone, but especially parents. Yes, because at least if you're an adult, you can understand that, you know, you're making the money decision. It's not your parents having to say no. I'm torn on that. because Buying single episodes, that would be annoying, but a small block as opposed to buying a whole season at once. It's kind of like, like three or four chunks for a season, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's the problem is that... The first several episodes, it's it's your first ones free, basically. Well, yeah. The first several episodes will be available free streaming. And then it reaches a point where you have to pay for later episodes. Ah. Mm. Annoying, but, you know, there are and, worse things. Yeah. Apparently that's very annoying if you have, you know, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. Netflix. Put everything on Netflix. <laughs> I agree. Put everything on Netflix. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, is there anything else we need to discuss this week? I, I think that's about it. Yeah, pretty much it. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully soon we will be talking about Optimus Prime number one. Uh, hopefully soon we will also be talking about uh, the More Than Meets the Eye revolution uh, issue. Uh, oh, if yeah. there's nothing else, honestly, I may go ahead and... Read some other revolution stuff to talk about next week if we don't have anything yeah. else going on. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that has been it for this week. Uh, we will see you all back here next week, I say, as though this is some sort of visual media. <laughs> uh, until then, this is Jen. And Alex. And David. Good night. Good night.